When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're Wet Leg, and this is the LSQ Podcast. Hello, welcome to the LSQ Podcast. I'm Jenny LSQ. It's the start of a brand new season of the show and an episode packed with goodness. Episode 70 includes an interview with my favorite new band of recent years, the UK duo Wet Leg, who I had the pleasure of meeting up with in person. And the episode also features a little catch-up in person with two LSQ alum who were on tour together near the end of last year. Hamilton Lighthouser and Kevin Morby met up with those dudes in Philly for the chat farther into the episode, and it was delightful. But yeah, first the main event, Wet Leg. For me, it was Love at First Listen when Wet Leg put out their incredible debut single, Chez Long, and its awesome video last summer, and I've continued to be impressed by the tunes they've shared since then. In April, they'll release their self-titled debut album via Domino Records, and I'm so thrilled I got to meet Rhiannon and Hester for this introductory chat. Let's go! Hi, Wet Leg! Hello, Jenny! How are you? Hello, Jenny! We're here in Brooklyn, and it's Wet Leg's first time in New York, and I just got to see them play the other night at Union Pool, which was glorious, truly. You know, one of those first times seeing a band where I was like, I knew this was going to be a classic, but it was even better than I thought it would be. But yeah, so tell me, how did you guys first get together? You knew each other just from mutual friends, or, or you went to school together or something. How did you first meet? We were at college together, so we met when we were like 17. How did you get to be tight? Probably just, like, through hanging out on the Isle of Wight after, like, everyone else had left. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was the dregs. You were like, okay. I was the dregs. <laughs> no, I was the, the dregs. only one left. <laughs> we were, like, friends at school, but I don't know why we didn't really, like, hang out. He had a boyfriend. I was very introverted. I also had a boyfriend. I'm, like, saying that so, like, accusingly. You had a boyfriend, so you couldn't hang out with me. I definitely don't have a chip on my shoulder about friends doing that. (sighs) So what sparked off this, you know, the idea to do a band together? So it was after I was playing some solo shows that I just kind of, I don't know, I got booked, like, it was, like, at the beginning of the summer, I played, like, the first festival slot that I'd been booked for in the summer, and I just started crying in the second song. (laughs) I was like, oh, dear, I hate this. Being up there on your own and that kind of thing. Yeah, and so then I plucked up the courage to ask Hester if she'd want to, like, play the rest of the shows with me. And he said yes, and we had some rehearsals, and it was so scary. We were so petrified of each other. I think for me, it was like one of the first times of doing music with just another woman. Like before, there'd always been like a boy, like shining the way. 
And then for like just the two of us to be like, well, we put ourselves in this room together. Like, there's no voice here to tell us. <laughs> sounds really silly because, of course, now it's the best thing, and it's great to kind of have so much autonomy over a thing and like be leading the way. Now we have a gang of boys that we take with us everywhere, yeah, and they're the- fabulous. Tell me a little more about kind of that evolution from a songwriting standpoint or a creative standpoint. How did you begin to go from this sort of like, oh, this is weird to, uh, you know, envisioning this thing that Wet Leg has become? Because you're obviously both kind of, you know, quiet people, but you really stepped into the personality of this project. I think it was just a pretty like gear shift decision to be like, okay, we're going to start a band and we're both going to play guitar, even though I couldn't play guitar. I literally like never really picked one up before. Like, I love this <laughs> of the story so much. Ryan basically learned how to play guitar by writing the songs, and which like, I just think is like very with cool. With like loads of encouragement and support from you. We never really thought it would be like a serious band and I think that's something that has kind of like helped it come from a really authentic and genuine place. I think we'd both got to a point where we were like we need to let go a little bit and like if music is an important part of life for us then taking some pressure off can only be a good thing and give us room to enjoy it more. Yeah it was supposed to just be a hobby I think we both really liked playing music together and just we really enjoyed going to festivals together with the run of shows that we were doing with my solo thing and we just thought, okay, let's gear up for like another summer of this, like Mm -hmm. getting wristbands, like artist passes to festivals. Was there a particular kind of musical breakthrough moment or, or was there a song that kind of made you feel like instead of it being a hobby... Because, you know, all the steps in between what you're describing and and getting a record deal and recording your songs and your album and stuff like that, you must have at some point had to be like, yeah, we are doing this. This isn't, you know, just our summer fun wristband getting project. This is like we're going to put ourselves into the position of having to stress out about it a little bit now. You know, did that decision come from feeling like the music is strong? Let's just go for it. I I feel like we were kind of led, led into it. Our bass player at the time introduced us to our manager who had heard Shays Long and seen the video we made for it. But the whole time we were like, we're like let's just see how this goes, following like a rabbit. And also, I'm <laughs> like so surprised because Shays Long was not meant to be a thing. We were writing different music at the time and Shays Long just kind of like appeared in a way. And I'm still, like, really surprised. I was really surprised at the time when when it looked like from quite early on that Shay's Long was going to be our first thing that we were going to put out. Different how, like, um, the other stuff that that you're working on? Like, how was it different? And and is any of that music that's on the debut album that you kind of adapted as you continued? Oh, no. That was one of the, like, early... Quickly, we need to write a set to, like, fill enough for like a festival slot and too late now as well was written then so like more chordy throughout the whole sort of song whereas like Shays Long was like programmed initially um Josh who plays keys with us he's my boyfriend 
So we were like, <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend, my wife, my wife. <laughs> yeah, well, I just felt like I had to say that because it was like, well, I, no, I didn't have to. Yeah, I retracted. I'm sorry, I made fun of you. <laughs> it's okay. He's my wife. <laughs> um, so. We demoed that and it was like drum machine and the computer and like fuzzy MIDI keyboard. You can hear the demo if you've bought the seven inch of Chaise Long. It's on the B side. I mean, it's not that I don't believe you when you say you didn't know that song was great already before someone started to say that's the single, but that song is fucking great. I hope you now sort of can see, like, wait a minute, we really fucking nailed it with that one. Uh, yeah, we loved it. Like, when we, like, first made it, and, like, the next morning, listen back and be like, oh, my God, this is, like, so dumb. Yeah. Honestly, I've listened to Chez Long, like, approximately a million times. Um, <laughs> and I'm wondering, what are some songs in your life, or even just recently, that you've listened to a million times? On my Spotify wrapped thing, it was Big Thief Masterpiece. Don't quite know if I made a million listens to it this year, but <laughs> it's up there. I think, like, the chats, Smoko, I think that has, like, really influenced kind of the way that I want to write. I don't know that. I want Smoko, so you leave me alone. You'll love it, and the video is also really good. Okay. It's okay. just, like, I really feel like they've set the bar of, like, silly, but really cool. Well, the silliness thing, I mean, that's definitely, to me, like, a wet leg thing, I feel like, for sure, especially in the lyrics, and and I wonder how deliberate do you have to be, because you're both pretty quiet people and, and not someone like me who's a little more like, hi, I got a joke to tell you, and let me tell it in this voice, or whatever, you know? I think I am like that. I just take a little bit of warming up. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Your lyrics are so great. Uh, one of the things I appreciate about them is that you say things that are less filtered and even yeah. just, I want to adjust my glasses and they're not on my face. <laughs> That's so you do that. Yeah. Like, even just like referring to yourself as a slut in a lyric to a song, like and there's something so freeing about it. And I wonder when you're working on the songs, yeah, just how much of pushing yourselves to up the ante or, or like push the extremes that are maybe a little beyond your usual comfort zone. Um, I'm curious as well if that's, you know, an important thing to you about the band. I think so. Absolutely. Because I think when I was younger and I was writing music, I would kind of try and like embody this like I don't know I try to be like polite and ethereal and arty and like mysterious I don't know it's so embarrassing and so yeah it is quite liberating to just be really silly with the lyrics and I don't know I think I was just I think the difference is I was quite I was a bit upset Jenny <laughs> I was a bit upset when I was writing these songs. Been through a breakup and it wasn't very, it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wasn't trying to skew the details. I think I quite enjoyed putting specific details <laughs> from the breakup in there. Um, it really inspired me, this breakup. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I had written, I'd named and shamed, and I, then I was like, 
let me just take those out because also I don't want to be singing about like these people and giving them that satisfaction of me like singing that name. You got off easy Harold or whoever you are. You're so mean. Harold. So all of this stuff now that's happening that seems like you guys didn't you know really expect to be doing this quite so big and large by late 2021 right? I mean this is really all just in this calendar year that it kicked up, right? I think we released Shays Long like six months ago, Hester. What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Help us. <laughs> now you've been on television multiple times. We've been on the telly. <laughs> and they made my hair look so nice. Yeah, man. Like oh. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like on your calendar for next year, but what are what are a couple of things you're excited about? Um, I mean, for this year, it's 2022 when people are listening to this. What are you excited about for this year? South by Southwest. That's going to be nice. I can't imagine it. And I know we know so many artists and bands from the UK that are going. So it'll be really bizarre to just see people in this like other level of the simulation. Yeah. <laughs> and touring around the world. Yeah. We're going to go to Mexico City. We're going to support idols, which is funny because we definitely, when we started the band, we were like, um, we're going to start a band and it's going to be called Wet Leg and then we're going to support idols and it's going to be really fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, when you just like... All as like a joke. It was just such Maybe. a joke. And that is when you feel like you're living in a simulation, when things you said as a joke start to happen. So keep on joking, you know? Joke big. That's the thing. <laughs> Thanks so much for meeting up with me to do this. It's so great to meet you. Oh, it's really Thank nice you, to chat with you, Jenny. Hello, I'm Kevin. And this is Hamilton. And we are on the LSQ podcast. Hamilton and Kevin, my dudes. What's up? LSQ. So, so good to see you here in Philadelphia. Thank you for coming down. Oh, of course. I mean, two LSQ guests on one tour, in one room. I had to check in. It doesn't happen just felt day. like a synergy moment for us. Yeah. And also, I want to mention that our friend Waxahachie, also an LSQ alum, is, Babysitting my is daughter just two, down the hall. Two rooms away. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys have been on this tour together, the Fall Mixer. For how long now? It may be eternal. More than a month. I think I'm, I want to. Almost six weeks. How has this felt from your perspective as a tour? Like, is it different from before? Yes. Big time. For the listeners, you can't see the COVID rapid test that we have <laughs> littering the floor. If I sound muffled, it's because I'm masked and recently swabbed moments ago. <laughs> at my first rapid nose Swab. I mean, I can't believe we, we've had 10 people living on a tour bus together for six weeks. Nobody's gotten COVID. Knock on wood. Mazel, we still got yeah. two nights, but it's incredible. We've been very lucky. And speaking of Katie Waxahachie, her tour was canceled right at the beginning of our tour. Right. That was like a horror story that was looming over the beginning of our tour. Oh, really? I guess I didn't even realize that it happened. The last week of her tour got canned, and it was like our second night of tour. And I just remember Hamilton. We are in Saxopal, North Carolina. And the first night had been so fun. It was like, we're doing this. It's really happening. And then the second night, Katie called me upset, like, the tour's over. 
And I just remember you pouring yourself a drink and you were like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> but here we are. We have two more shows left. So I think we're going to make it to the finish line. Knock on wood. And even yeah. if for some reason we didn't, I can't believe we came this far. Yeah. I'm so glad. Right. It is possible right. to do it. Well, when we planned this, it was like May. It was like we, it was, we were planning like the thank God it's over party. Yeah. Like we thought it was when everything was rosy and everything was on its way out. We thought we were just going to have this blaster and it was not going to be even a thought. But then the Delta variant came in over the summer and just started fogging everything up. Yeah. But I mean, when you're actually up on stage playing the shows, I'm guessing it feels kind of the same as it ever was, right? Yeah. By the time you're there, you're doing it. I mean, it's incredibly fun to do it. Our first night in Richmond was one of our slowest nights on the tour, and we were both so psyched to just do it. It was, so, yeah, and I, it was great. We got there, and we're like, wait a second. We haven't, this is incredible that we're playing for people at all. And it was really, we like forgot there was an upside to it. You know, you worry so much about all this, all the possible terrible outcomes that you forget that it's actually really fun to get up and play. Exactly. It's like the last thing that you have to do, and it's the last thing that happens. Cause it's been taken is- away from us for so long. You know, you could tell yourself that whole quarantine time, I sort of told myself, like, I can deal with this. You know, I'll just be in the studio. It's, you know, I can- but I miss playing live. I mean, I've always had a show on the calendar. Since I was 15 years old, there's always been a show coming up, and suddenly there was nothing. Yeah, and our tour started in the South, which was interesting to start there because I think the South is just generally a little bit more wild at the shows, and so it was really fun, and it did kind of just hit us like, oh, my God, yeah. Like what Hamilton was just saying, like it's, we go through all this stuff, and then you finally get to play, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, this is like this is the one constant in my life, you know, since I was a teenager, and like to be deprived of it, I wasn't really considering how that would take a toll on me. But then once we're back up there, it's like, oh, my God, I'm, I've arrived back home to this familiar feeling. Yeah. And a lot of stuff has fallen into place with me since then. Like, I've just been, I, I've been able to go back into my, uh, I've been in a good creative zone on the road. Interesting. It's just, it's like, it's opened up back up all those doors that sort of, you know, were forced shut. I imagine it's maybe like people who get really into some, physical activity whether it's running or weightlifting or something and then they have an injury and then they can't do it for a while and then they start to do it again and they had told themselves just for self-preservation it's fine if i can't do that right but then as soon as they get to do it again they realize like that's when they're at their best and they're happiest you start to live more in the day and i've been doing that a lot and i think that's part of why i've been so happy on this tour is that each day you're just kind of live in that moment of like, well, we get to play today. So that's that's a big success right there. Right. And how did you guys, you know, did you guys know each other before this idea arose? And how did you Not kind really, of... Not really, but we, we had met. We met one time in Montreux, Switzerland, when we were both playing the Montreux Jazz Festival. And uh, we have, like, a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. So it didn't, it wasn't, like, out of left field. And maybe we talked about touring together at one point. Yeah, namely Richard Swift, I would say. I yeah, Richard our, Swift. Our, our bond. Right, yeah. Yeah. People have probably told you, oh, you, you, uh, you'd like that guy. Oh, you probably, I mean, that's what I, I feel like, oh, yeah, this makes sense to me. And then hearing the song, Virginia Beach, yeah. which is just like such a great, you know, Venn diagram of like what you guys do. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how, I'm assuming that happened remotely, right? How did that Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working on that. I was actually working on a lot of music over the quarantine. And that was one I had gotten pretty far with the music. But every time I sang on it, I was just, like, not loving what I was singing. And I just thought that Kevin would be the perfect guy to bring sort of a new just direction to it, just to see if it would work or not. I sent it to him. And then he sent me a lot of stuff back. And then it worked out. Yeah, we were, like, 2,000 miles apart. We never saw each other the whole time. Damn. 
Yeah, it was cool. I, I've never really written with someone like that. Or Hamilton Simmons. I hadn't either. I'd never done it fully remote. I mean, I write with, like, friends on email, but then we always end up in the room together at some point. And I don't think we would have ever done that if it weren't for No, me. you, no, no, you wouldn't do that unless you had to. But, uh... It turned out great. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy with the way it turned out, actually. You know, I realize that this is putting you on the spot in front of each other a little bit, but I'd like for each of you to tell me a little bit about what you're impressed by of what the other guy does with his performance or with his music. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, on the tour or on the song? Like, like, no, on the tour, just sort of just like this has been your first chance to really see what the other guy really oh, yeah, yeah, does yeah. and each other's power, and I'm just curious, reflecting on what you've seen, what are you like, yeah, he's actually, he's really good at blank. Uh, <laughs> I'll go first. I... Hamilton, you know, I was a fan of the Walkman, and I've known Hamilton's music for a very long time. And Hamilton's a legend. I think you're a legend, Hamilton. Thank you, Kevin. I yeah, appreciate man. that. And so I, when we're up there singing Virginia Beach every night, I'm always like, wow, I'm in the presence of, of one of the greats. I truly believe that. And watching Hamilton perform, Katie and I were watching the show last night. There's like a nice balcony thing. We're up there with Hamilton's daughter watching it. And I, sometimes when I'm watching Hamilton play, I'm like, Hamilton is literally just like the template of a singer. Just a classic singer, lifer, and I love sharing the stage, and I think there's a, a like-minded thing. At the beginning of this tour, I was like, oh, you know what? I never really thought about before, but Hamilton and I, I think, have the exact same influences but pull different things out of those influences. Right, yeah. Something I felt a lot. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, man. I'd say that the thing that I am impressed most with about your show is the, um, like, changes of pace and, like, sort of jamming where there's, this is actually one of the reasons that I wanted to send the Virginia Beach thing to Kevin was how they'll sometimes be like three lyrics or like five lyrics, but then he just goes on and on and on. And I never, ever do that. But then he's singing quiet, then he's singing loud, then you rock him, and then he's going to 6'8 or something like that. And it works. You know, that's just like playing a lot. You, gotta, you have to have a band to just do that. You can't like, you can't write that on a piece of paper because you just be writing right. one. It'd be like all work and no play makes you like like sort of like remember. mantra writing. It's like yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Like yeah, it's sort of like hypnotic. Yeah. yeah. So that that's why I think it's cool because like I, I my song you know just very different structure between the two of us. I feel like it's like a complete night by the time we both play and then we play some songs together. I feel like yeah, like we can't, it's not a million miles apart, but we we're not doing the same thing. I noticed you both did play new songs. At the show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, tell, what's what's going on? What's up with I that? I have a new record that I'm pretty far along with, but I've been pretty far along with it for a long time. <laughs> so, but like Kevin said, I feel like on this tour, I have had a little bit of like a, a much needed step away from my own. My, I've been writing them all by myself, producing them all by myself in my own home studio, which I love, and I wouldn't trade that for the world. But it has been nice being out of there for six weeks and taking a step back and looking at them, and I. I also think that I maybe have gotten figured out a, a new way of finishing the thing. So I think I should have a new record by the end of the year would be my... Amazing. Yeah. End of this year. That's what I'm... Sh I, I mean, like I was is, shooting for April I feel 1st. like this is deja vu, though. I know, right? um, For last time when we <laughs> did our interview about your album a year before it came out or something, yep. and you're like, it's almost, almost yeah, done. <laughs> I might almost always say that. I can't imagine recording a record by myself because I feel like if I were to record a record by myself, it would never, ever get done. And I know you have that power that I don't, to, or the capabilities of doing that. But I work like a maniac. I don't even, that's not even like patting myself on the back. It's like I can't stop. It, even it, it's not, I'm not, I don't mean that like I have a great work ethic. I mean it like I can't stop. <laughs> I drive people crazy. This tour will have made you step away. Like I find on tours, I get these moments of clarity that I didn't have during the pandemic. I mean, I did in a way, but it's like I had to like think about them more. I had to be like, here's option A and here's option B. Which one do I like better? 
and maybe that's for better or worse, but on tour, things just come to me. Like, I'll be listening to a demo, and I'll be like, nope, this line needs to change. This line's perfect. This line needs to change. Whereas, I don't know what it is about being on the road, and maybe it's playing older songs, so then, like, new songs I can put under a microscope easier or something, but... Yeah, I've really felt it on this tour. It's the same thing with reading. Like, I couldn't really read throughout the pandemic. I could only watch, like, junk food TV. But I've read a couple of books on this tour. which is, I've read four books on this tour, which is four more than I read all of last year. So it's like my mind goes to a certain place where it's able to focus in a way that it's not. Um, so you have some new songs that are coming together, too. What, what does I that do. feel like? I also gonna... have a record that's finished. I have a record that's going to come out. Amazing. So 2022, we will hear some new stuff, yeah. some new recorded music. And and are there any, I know everything's still sort of in flux, but are there any more shows or some festival pop-ins here and there? Are I'll you be doing be- my residency at Cafe Carlisle if they open the doors. But I have it on the books. But they just pushed it back another month. They're opening of the doors. Well, thank you so much for welcoming me into your Philadelphia hotel room for this. Yeah, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, it's good to see you, even even with the mask. A thing on this tour that I've been loving is watching people in the audience sing along with masks on. And I kind of like to believe that they're, they don't actually know the words, but right. I think if they move their mouth up and down, we'll think the, huh. the words. You know, everyone's really better at smizing than they give themselves credit for. I just want to say that to people. Uh, I see it when you're smizing at me, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like we're smizing. <laughs> there was a couple ma- kissing last night with Matt through the masks. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if they just met? Well, I was playing a slow joke. I don't know. They're like, we can kiss, but we have to keep the masks. I wish I'd had my camera. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for coming, Jenny. Nice to see you. Well, here we are at the conclusion of episode 70 of the LSQ podcast. Thanks again to Rianne and Hester from Wet Leg. And thanks to Kevin Morby and Hamilton Lighthouser. And also big thanks to James Escuto, who did magic with the audio for this episode. And I want to acknowledge and thank Dexter Tortoriello, also known as Houses, for the LSQ theme song and music. And thanks as well to Matt Gray, a.k.a. Really Good Artist, for his ongoing portraiture for the show. And especially thank you, my friend, for listening. If you're not subscribed already, I hope you'll go ahead and do that. And, you know, whenever you want to reach me with questions or feedback, you can find me on Twitter at JennyLSQ. Talk to you next time.